Hello, everybody. Welcome to the next podcast. This is actually podcast number 18, and I'm interjecting something right in the middle of a series here, and I hope it doesn't uh, throw anybody off too bad. (laughs) Um, I'm in the middle of a series about missions and ministry, uh, number 15, number 16, and number 17. We're about how to get started in missions and ministry, how to uh, maintain ongoing missions and ministry, how to use uh, media, uh, electronic media for missions and ministry. And then we're going to talk one more time pretty soon about uh, uh, types of subject material for different types of media. Um, And I will be finishing that, but that will be number 19. So that four-part series will be number 15, number 16, number 17, and number 19. Because this is podcast number 18, and it's called The Damage of the Devil Called the Drink. The Damage of the Devil Called the Drink. Um, There's been a lot of Christian conversations and church talk and debates back and forth for the last couple of years, for sure, um, how drinking alcohol and drinking wine and things like that has, has crept into the Christian lifestyle and been a lot of questions and a lot of debates about it. I put some material on Facebook earlier this week, and for the last couple of weeks, people have been asking me a lot of questions about it, and um, I just haven't got around to all of them. I've been pushing them towards different um, media outlets that I use. I thought that this piece of material, The Damage of the Devil Called the Drink, was actually on this podcast series already. Found out that it was not. Uh, I know that I have a an old, old, rough recording of me preaching this piece of material at a homeless mission that is on my Spreaker page, The Todd Sloggett Show. But it's pretty rough, and a particular sister um, contacted me last night or this morning and wanted to know how to get this material. So I'm just going to get it back on here, uh, put this back out in this other platform, and then um, when I get a chance again, I'll finish that other series. So this is the next podcast, number 18, The Damage of the Devil Called the Drink. I want to read some verses to begin with. Out of Proverbs 23, excuse me, Proverbs 23, uh, verses 29 through 35, the Bible says, Who hath woe, or who hath problems? It says, Who hath sorrow, who hath contentions, who hath babbling, who hath fightings, that's the word contentions, or, or who has confusion, that word babbling. Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? It asks all those questions and it answers in verse 30. They that tarry long at the wine. Now I know some of you are going to want to debate this and you're going to specify that word long. Tarry long at the wine. I'll get to your, uh, your opposition here in a minute. They that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine, or some Bibles say mixed drinks. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the last it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thine heart shall utter perverse things. Yea, thou 
shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or he that lieth upon the top of a mast. They have stricken me, thou shalt say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. Uh, There's a lot of mystery sometimes in the Bible, and a lot of different ways things can be interpreted, and some of them seem shrouded and shadowed into different interpretations or or readings, especially in the Old Testament, and and we don't have the full understanding of it. As As a very, very young man, young convert, 25, 26 years old, I read Proverbs 23 for the first time, and I was so shocked, so amazed, so in awe of how accurate it was. I'd been around alcohol and alcoholics and alcoholism all of my life, from a very small child. And these verses <laughs> so amazingly describe alcoholics and alcoholism and alcohol lifestyles. Um, you know, they, uh, who, who hath woe, who has problems, who has sorrows, who has contentions, or who's fighting, who's confused, who has babblings, um, who has redness of eyes. I mean, these, these are all textbook trademark uh, attributes of, of alcoholics. They fight, they they have troubles, they have problems, they're confused, they have redness of eyes. And it explains who those people are, they that tarry along with the wine, those that uh, go to the mixed drinks, seek the mixed drinks. It gives certain warnings. It, it says, at the last, it biteth like a serpent, it stingeth like an adder. Um, alcohol is it's good and fun and all of these things they say and they think. And, and, and I say they, I was one of them. I was a horrible alcoholic as a young man. God delivered me from that when he saved me. Uh, I thank him and praise him for that. But, uh, you know, you, you, you get all the good up front. The devil's like this. He's so tricky. And then at the last, according to the Bible and, and, and according to history and according to experience, at, at the end it bites Afterwards, you get in trouble. Afterwards, you have the hangover. Afterwards, you can't pay the bills. And and it says, uh, that I shall behold strange women. If there's n- nothing accurate in the whole Bible, that's accurate. Alcoholics behold a lot of strange women. Alcoholics see a lot of strange women. And alcoholic women see a lot of strange men. And that heart shall utter perverse things. Alcoholics... Uh, utter perverse things. They say terrible, horrible things, even when they would never say that normally or wouldn't mean that when they were sober. Um, yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or he that lieth upon the top of a mast. They have stricken me, thou shalt say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. I cannot tell you how many dozens and dozens, maybe hundreds of times I saw alcoholic fight or or get hurt or fall downstairs or punch through a glass or and and never feel it until way later they were hurt but they didn't know it they were hurt but they didn't realize it they didn't feel it when shall i awake i will seek it yet again all of these problems and i got to go to bed and i've got a headache and i'm miserable and i hurt myself and i'm just now realizing it uh, when shall When shall I awake? Let me get some sleep, and when I wake up, I'm going to do it again.
the life story of an alcoholic, Proverbs 23, 29 through 35, amazingly accurate. In this modern day, when church attendance in America is supposedly uh, near its peak, there is more liquor consumed than ever before in the history of this country. This makes no sense. Uh, Paul Harvey said some years back that 95% of Americans claim to be Christians. There's, there's 300 million Americans at that time, about 340 million right now, but 300 million Americans at the time Paul Harvey said that. So basically 15 million Americans were not Christians at the time, supposedly. And at that time, the liquor industry claimed that it was selling 480 billion gallons of liquor a year. So for this to all be true, 95% of Americans were Christians at the time, 300 million Americans at the time, 15 million of them are non-believers, Christian or liquor industry selling 480 billion gallons of liquor a year at the time. For that all to be true, 15 million non-Christian Americans had to be drinking an average of 88 gallons of alcohol a day. That's more than three and a half gallons per hour round the clock. That's impossible. But the bottom line is somebody is and was drinking all of that alcohol, and a lot of them were professing Christians. There are over 18 million alcoholics in our nation today. The total is increasing by almost 200,000 per year. Okay, preacher, what, what, what about them? What about those alcoholics? Well, they're producing some pretty incredible statistics. According to Superior Court Judge Mildred Lilly, 75% of all domestic violence-related actions brought into court have alcohol as a contributing factor. 75%. Three out of four domestic violent cases have alcohol as a contributing factor. According to the chairman of the American Medical Association Committee on Alcoholism, 85% of children in America drink alcohol some by the time they're 14, and 75% of those have their parents' approval to do so. Let's consider the charges brought against the devil called the drink. But the charge is brought against it by God's holy word. Number one, it sustains sin from the social side of life. Alcohol sustains sin from a social side of life. It promotes crime and broken homes. At least one in every two marriages end in divorce. Statistics of, alcohol, of Oklahoma Divorce Court tells us that 60% of all Oklahoma divorces involve drinking alcohol. Divorce rates and liquor sales have paralleled in increases for over 45 years in America. Think about what I just said. Divorce rates and liquor sales have equally paralleled and increased together at same and similar rates for over 45 years in America. When alcohol sales go up, divorce rates go up. The few times that alcohol sales dipped in America in the last 45 years, divorce rates dipped at the same rate. According to the Bible, alcohol promotes prostitution and fornication. FBI statistics tell us that 200,000 girls disappear annually in the United States. Over 1 million illegal abortions are performed every year in this country alone. A rape occurs every hour 
every hour in the United States, and a child is molested an average of 10 times a day in America. And court and police statistics tell us that as much as 80% of all of these crimes involve alcohol abuse. 80% of the... See, when you start throwing out stuff like rape and abortion, people say, that has nothing to do with alcohol. How are you going to link that together? I didn't link that together. Court and police statistics link that together and say 80% of those types of crimes involve alcohol abuse. So socially, alcohol sustains sin. Number two, it sacrifices security from the physical side of life. Alcohol sustains sin from the social side of life, life and alcohol sacrifices security from the physical side of life. A, it sacrifices security of the individual. Proverbs 23 and 21 said, For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. A chronic alcoholic loses enough time each year on average to cause a deduction from his or her paycheck of $9,500. American highway traffic statistics tell us that as much as 50% of all traffic fatalities are caused by drunk drivers. Over 200 people are killed every day on the highways of America, many of them close to 50% by drunk drivers. And B, not only does it sacrifice security of the individual, but it sacrifices security of the entire home, the entire fabric of the family. 70% of fathers that don't live with their children drink, according to them. 75% of mothers that don't live with their children drink, according to them. 25% of children that don't have a dad in the home drink, according to social services. 45% of children that don't have a mom in the home drink, according to social services. Socially, alcohol sustains sin, and physically, alcohol sacrifices security. Security of the individual and security of the family. And number three, and worst of all, spiritually, alcohol steals souls. A fact. Spiritually, alcohol steals souls. A fact because I've witnessed it over and over and over again in 24 years in the ministry, special types of ministry to homeless and, and, and drug addicts and, and uh, ultra-poor people and non-church people have, have caused me to see this happen over and over and over again. I know specifically, very personally, I've worked with him. Him, his brother, his mother, his grandparents, his family, preached their funerals, been involved in their weddings. Very personally, I know of two young men that were out drinking here in this town where I'm at right now, got into an argument, and one pulled a gun and accidentally, uh, while intoxicated, shot and killed his friend. Spent uh, five or six years in prison for it. Uh, there was a homeless man in downtown Tulsa that I was asked to visit multiple times. And I kept trying to talk to him. And the last time I tried to talk to him, he was so drunk that I couldn't understand him. And, and he, he couldn't even make out that I was trying to help him. And I decided to leave him alone and try another time. And a few hours later, while dealing with some other homeless people, uh, a police officer came to me and said that, uh, told me about that man that I had left 
and said that he must have been so drunk and disorientated, disoriented uh, that he fell into, uh, into the Arkansas River and he drowned and died and went into eternity drunk. Somebody, please think reasonably. Don't argue with the devil. Don't try to justify an addiction. Use facts and truth to come to your best possible conclusion. We're talking about alcohol. Christians are arguing for alcohol. Are you kidding me? That thing that perverts your mind and your ability to be reasonable when abused. Proverbs 23 and 35, they have stricken me. Thou shalt say, I, and I was, thou shalt say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it again. That this is this is alcoholism at its worst, at its complete perversion. I, I'm sick. I'm beaten. I'm hurt, and I don't know it. I'm I'm completely. My own self defenses aren't even working. Let me get some sleep, and when I wake up, I'm going to drink some more. That thing that perverts your mind and your ability to even protect your own self. That thing that closes the door to heaven. 1 Corinthians 6 and 10 says no drunkard can enter the kingdom of heaven. That thing that takes every side effect from every uh, over-the-counter drug, every prescription drug, and every illegal drug, and blows them completely out of proportion and puts them in radically more danger. Oh, but I can handle it, Pastor Todd. This is what I keep hearing. I'm not a drunk. I don't drink to get drunk. I'm not an alcoholic. I, I'm, I'm just looking at the, 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 the benefits of drinking a little wine now and then. The Bible doesn't uh, uh, say anything about uh, just having a glass of wine. It's, the Bible is more pro-drinking than it is anti-drinking except for drunkenness. Uh, I'm not going to argue any of that. I'm not, I'm, not gonna, I'm not one of these crazy preachers like many of you know and like I know that because they're against something, they're just going to blow up radical things and, and just twist scriptures. I, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm just telling you that when you tell me I can handle my, my drinking, I can handle my alcohol, it, it, that blows my mind. You can handle what? You personally are so strong and so good that you can handle that the liquid that kills more babies and destroys more marriages and breaks up more homes and ruins more lives and sends more people to hell than anything else in the last couple hundred years. You can handle that, really. That's, that's, that's a crazy argument to me. You think all of those alcoholics, all of those people that drank and abused children, all of those people that drank and got a divorce, and all of those people that drank and lost their home, all of those people, they were drinking to get drunk? You don't think they started out like you? Just, just sipping a little here and there? But you can handle it. That's what everybody says, I can handle it. Those are for people that can't handle it, I can handle it. You can handle the devil of the drink. You can handle the blasphemous beast of the bottle, that liquid poison, glass of death, cancer in a can, 
Satan's suicide serum. Give it to me dry like my tongue will be when I get to hell. Give it to me on the rocks like my marriage will be when my spouse finds out how much I spent. Give, give me that pint of poison, that half rack of hell, that case of catastrophe, a six-pack of sacrilege, a fifth of forever without God, Budweiser, Coors, Michelob, Scotch, Bourbon, Bacardi, wine coolers, and rum. Any way you slice it, friend, it is liquid death, liquid hell, liquid misery, waiting for a chance to snatch you up. Even if you can handle it now, there's no guarantee that you can handle it better than millions of people that it ruined. It is the devil's way to attempt to tear you down and kill and steal and destroy you, your family, and another portion of this society. And God gave us fair warning after warning after warning all the way throughout the Holy Word of God. But, but you can handle it just a little bit. It makes no sense to me. The truth is, and a lot of my super religious people won't won't like this, but you've heard me be honest a thousand times. You might as well hear me be honest a thousand and one. The truth is, if you drink a glass of wine for dinner once or twice a week, I, I really don't have a problem with it. Just that by itself. And I don't think I could scripturally prove anything wrong with that. Just that by itself. But that's literally like somebody coming up to me and saying, you know, uh, arsenic is dangerous, it's poison, it will kill you. We know millions of people whose lives that it's ruined, millions of people that it's killed. It's very tricky and subtle and addictive. And I say, but I like the flavor of arsenic and I don't drink enough or I don't take enough for it to kill me. I just have a little bit of arsenic with my supper once in a while. That's crazy. Except that you're going to say, oh, but there's, there's, there's uh, uh, medical benefits. There's, uh, there's, there's health benefits. And you could send us to the websites and you could list all of the things. I agree. I know. Shock some of you. That's fine. Doesn't really matter. I agree that there are medical benefits, good positive things for your health that can happen by drinking a glass of wine four or five times a month. I agree. That's The science behind that is, is solid. It's true. Here's my two problems with using that as an excuse to still drink alcohol, though. Number one, there is far more medical science proving liver damage, esophagus damage, brain cell damage, all of these things if you end up taking too much alcohol, which is very, very possible because alcohol is an addictive substance. Why risk it? And number two, you cannot name for me one single health benefit that you can get from drinking alcohol that you can't get a much simpler, far less dangerous way. It's an excuse. You're, you're, you're lying to yourself. 
you're, you're trying to get away with something. You're trying to be in or cool or pleasing to your palate or pleasing to yourself or pleasing to your friends or whatever it is because there is not a health benefit that you can get from alcohol that you can't get from a, a, a daily vitamin and eating some more beets and eating some more leafy greens and some uh, having a pomegranate once in a while and some things like that. The exact same health benefits you can get just as simply without risking yourself at the throwing yourself at at the whims at the possible chances of becoming addicted or overdoing something and putting a poison in your system that has been proven over and over and over again by medical science by by church statistics by government statistics uh, uh, against the their will and by pulling their teeth even statistics of, of the alcohol industry, the, the God warned against overindulgence of. There's all of these warnings, all of these dangers, all of these problems. And if you're only two excuses why you're still going to do it anyway, is because number one, the Bible doesn't preach exactly against just having some and the fact that there are some, some benefits to it, some health benefits. You are falling for a scam because the Bible warns very strongly against alcoholism, alcoholics, and drunkards, and drunkenness, and you can only become those by drinking alcohol. So you're saying, I'm going to take a little bit of poison instead of a lot. When we have millions and millions and millions of people that already tried that and it destroyed them, so you're somehow super, super, super better than everybody else. Or number two, you can get the exact same health benefits without the risk. It simply doesn't hold water. Listen to me. All of you, that's my, my argument for you if you're one of those teetotaler Christian wine sippers. But let me say something else to any of you hardcore alcoholics out there. Those of you that thought you were going to have a little and you end up having a lot. You end up getting hooked and you uh, uh, went along with it for too long and it's got you bound. You don't know how to get out. Listen to me. There is still hope for you too. God left you a way out. You come and you bow and you confess and you repent. It's the plan of God. He promised his actions and he never goes back on his promises. He can. He will. He does love you and will deliver you. Many, many have swam in the sickness of alcoholism, but a made-up mind and a newfound relationship with the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, makes all the difference in everyone's life, no matter what their issues are, even if it's alcoholism. Jesus will do the same for you. Let me pray for you right now, all of you, all of us. Mighty God in heaven, for the alcoholic that is struggling, please, please, please deliver them like you delivered me. Deliver them like you've delivered so many others. We're not asking for some super special miracle pulled out of the, the farthest corners of the universe that has never happened before. We're just asking you to do again what you've done a million times before. Do for someone else what you did for me. I'm nowhere near better than anyone else. If you did it for me, you'll do it for them. Have somebody, help somebody, bow their head in their car or their truck or get down on their knees in their living room or their office right now and ask you into their life and ask you into their heart and ask you to deliver them. And I know God you'll do it and I'll praise you for it. 
For those that have fallen into the trick, into the trap of being the teetotaler, wine-sipper Christian, God, let them see and understand. Let these statistics, I didn't quote a lot of Bible, although the Bible is there as the warning. The statistics are just the United States government statistics telling us how dangerous and destructive and horrible having too much of the thing that they want to have a little bit of does. Please help them see. Please give them wisdom. Please help them make wiser choices. And God, for those that are struggling, those that have uh, uh, alcoholic loved ones or or con- uh, professing Christian drinking loved ones, God, help us to love everybody and to pray for everybody and to do our part to be there for them and to help them and to win them. And God, for those that are super, super radical and critical and hateful about these things, God, please put something in their heart to help them understand that wasn't your approach and that doesn't need to be theirs. We love you, God, for facts. We love you, God, for truth. We love you for loving us. God, make this podcast be effective for your kingdom and bless the people that hear it. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen.